I'm Tom Johnson at I'dRatherBeWriting.com, and I have an opportunity to talk with Alan Hauser, who's running for vice president uh, of the STC. Uh, is that right? Is that correct? <laughs> that is, that is, yes, Tom. Thank you. Okay. That is correct. The Society for Technical Communication. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Society for Technical Communication, vice president. And I have about five questions that I want to ask Alan and also Vicky. And so the first question, Alan, is what do you think one of the greatest challenges uh, STC members faced right, face right now? What do, what's one of these big challenges? And, and what kind of solution do you have in mind for it? Okay, well, Tom, first, thank you for inviting me to participate in this interview. Uh, and I really like this question because Vicki and I have uh, participated in a couple of uh, joint appearances and uh, have responded to questions. And the, the first question is usually you know, what's important for the society? What should the society do? Uh, it, the questions tend to be society-centric, and that's really not why we're here. We, we are here for the members and this uh, this question is member centric and i i i appreciate that um and i think that's really important so uh, when i think about the membership the i think the membership uh um they i'm i'm trying to think of um the uh the the hierarchy of needs the um the the famous psychologist and um, who uh, who said uh, you know basically food water shelter is the the most important thing for human beings um, for technical communicator I think employment is the most important thing um, and an organization uh, certainly need, needs to support its members in doing what it takes to to find uh, you know profit, profitable outlets for their uh, for their contributions, uh, and that comes in many forms: networking, uh, job boards, um, education to improve skills. So, sort of the you know the bottom line is uh, we need to support members in uh, pursuing their pr profession uh, as productively and as profitably as as possible. Hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I mean, I haven't had to face unemployment lately, so this hasn't been a huge challenge for me, but I, I have, I do have colleagues and friends who've been in this situation, and yeah, that's really about the main thing on their mind, right? As would be anybody in any any career if you're unemployed. Right. So, all right. Uh, next question. What would you like to see differently in the STC? Okay. Um, my my first reaction to that question is the STC has has made so many um, I think really positive changes uh, very recently. I'm thinking of the new staff uh, that have come on board. Um, I don't want to unfairly, unfairly uh, single anybody out, but uh, Steve Sojek, if if you've dealt with him, you know it's it, he's just hit the ground running and he's led the the website redeployment and I think he is engaging the members like a few a uh, few have uh, before him and and few others are capable of. So he's really juggling. Um, two balls and doing them doing it really well. He you know he's he's re re uh, rearchitecting re-implementing the website um, and he's he the the amount of outreach I see um, the amount of attention of attention that he gives to uh, member um, input is you know just something I don't think we've seen before recently um, and I, I've uh, I've had great relationships with uh, several of the STC staff I think there are a, a lot of people there who um, they 
some some know our profession. Um, some know associations really, really well. Uh, that's the value of, of our executive director, Catherine Burton. She, she's she been doing this for a long time and she's seen different associations in different uh, parts of their, uh, go, go through the, you know, the entire life cycle, the, the good times, the bad times. And I think having her at the helm uh, right now is invaluable. So uh, I think you asked me what I'd like to see differently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I'm answering by saying, there, there are so many things going on uh, now that I, I'm, I'm just thrilled by uh, the initiatives, the website, the, um, especially Project Phoenix, the BOC uh, certification. You know, certification languished for a long time, and then um, Mike Hughes flipped a switch, and you know, certainly others with him, and uh, um, took an approach that is going to get it off the ground, um, and that's planned for sac- a Sacramento launch. Uh, a launch at the summit in Sacramento. So what would I like to see differently? Um, I, I think the members and the staff and the board, um, I, I see a need to maybe play together a little bit better. Um, I'm, I am concerned about the, the trio of members, staff, board, respecting each other's time. Um, the SDC has some very has members with very high standards who are you know quite vocal about those standards, and you know one one thing I've seen when you know when I when I interact with the staff, um, the SDC operates because it's a member organization. It operates in a fishbowl, so a regular corporation can make improvements and and deploy them at the appropriate time. It, it can. And, and can create processes and 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 bake things and develop things and say, up oh, here it is. Well, in the SDC, um, be, because the members, uh, um, yeah, they want to know what's going on at all times. There's, I think there's that fishbowl effect, and I'm a little concerned about how to manage that right now. Um, and it, you know, it might be just requesting the members that, uh, you know, we're we're in the we're in the middle of some wonderful changes, and I I think. I think we've seen those changes. We've seen them start to come to fruition, but you know the staff just needs some breathing room to to make things happen. Yeah, you know, uh, just to to respond to a little bit about your comment on the transparency and and visibility uh, between members and and the staff or the board. I think Mike Hughes, uh, if I remember correctly, had like a an open Google Doc or something with all kinds of initiatives that people could check out. And I'm not really sure if I still follow that or what, but I remember looking at it and thinking, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely, I definitely like that visibility and the transparency, and you know, especially now that the STC has that that notebook blog, it's like they they really they do publish a lot of of information about what they're doing, and they're doing a lot of things. Right, and if you compare that to um, uh, did the notebook exist a year or two ago? I, you know, it's a relatively new initiative, and and now that it's there, we assume you know that becomes the new baseline. So we need to we uh, you know we we're now judged against you know our current level of uh, or the society is judged against this current level of openness and interactivity. Um, and yeah, you know, there there are certainly trade-offs there. Um, if when when uh, you know a staff member or an active volunteer is trying to work. You know, the the act of reporting takes some time, and you know, so you have to balance openness versus getting things done, and uh, yeah. that's a hard problem. It's a really, it's just a really hard problem. Uh, I'd just like to see um, that that balance happen a little bit more effectively. All right, uh, next question here. So 
our local Utah chapter is kind of anemic. You know, we get maybe 10, sometimes 15 people at an event. But it's always hard to make the chapter events relevant to to our members. And I know this is more of a chapter-level question than a society-level question, but what would you do to help chapters kind of fix this relevancy problem to their members so that they have more thriving activities or events or just thriving membership? Okay. Um, and, and Tom, do you know the uh, the approximate total membership of the Utah chapter? You know, I think we have around 50. Okay. <laughs> We're a small chapter. Right. And so I might argue that 10 to 15 on a regular basis is uh, – you know, that's it, a pretty good turnout. Um, I, I I visit a lot of STC chapters, and I I find that the correlation between number of attendees and total membership of a chapter is is a lot lower than I would expect. Uh, you know, the, the correlation. Uh, I will go to a really small chapter um, and see you know 15 people at the meeting. I'll go to a, a medium-sized chapter. Um, you know, 200 members. You know, four times the size of yours. Uh, you know, I might see 20, 30. I'll go to a big chapter. Uh, you know, one of the uh, Washington D.C. Um, or, or Toronto, and you know, 30 people, um, 40 people. So, so the you know the, the the correlation isn't as much as you might expect. And I, I think. Um, in larger metro areas, certainly transportation becomes an issue. So I, I, um, there is, uh, I, I'm going to make an obscure connection here. Um, Nielsen's law of social media. Have you, have you heard of this, uh, this idea, this concept? I have not. Okay. And it, it applies to, um, any, any social media situation or, uh, user contributed content. And, uh, this is, uh, Jacob Nielsen, uh, I believe first coined this this law that says um, that in in any in in this situation uh, of user contributed content um, out of a hundred people, ten uh, percent will contribute eighty to ninety percent of the content, and of those ten percent, one percent you know will will be a super contributor, um, and and that's. That that sort of same relationship applies to you know the, the the percentage of people that that show up for chapter meetings and and volunteer at a high level. Um, I I think having that opportunity is really really important for all hundred people. Um, I I think having regular meetings is really really important to the Utah chapter and to the. Uh, Washington DC chapter and the uh, Toronto chapter and the Pittsburgh chapter and all I won't name all 200 chapters but uh, so I I'm, I'm I probably need to circle around and answer the original question I I think having having 10 to 15 people show up regularly for a 50 person chapter is wonderful and that that's kind of the norm in not just STC but in professional societies as a whole where you know where you have a member organization and people get get together for events um, so so in terms of helping to if there is a problem of relative relevancy in events um, the concrete things I can think of are um, speaker uh, the STC had a speaker database that may have languished I don't want to disparage whoever was behind that but I nor have I heard of it being used recently, where uh, it's a database of members and their expertise that that chapters could draw on. Um, I think um, 
certainly vendors are a lot of vendors are interested in doing presentations and and um, some chapters and some people in the STC are a little bit um, uh, reticent uh, to have vendor presentations but you know that's an option I also see chapters doing creative things with uh, with webinars with social media um, the Toronto chapter is holding regular webinars I believe it's the uh, the research triangle park chapter um, uh, in the Raleigh Dorm chapter, the the name is escaping me now, but they're doing regular webinars and and inviting other chapters to participate. Um, so so there's also that you know the the social media technologies that allow us to cross physical boundaries. But I I, I really um, I think face to face meetings are invaluable. I think I think when 15 people get together in the Utah chapter, 15 Utah chapter members get together to see something new, uh, you know, to, to network, to socialize, to, to learn from each other. That's, that's the best and most precious thing the society provides. That I, I feel strongly and passionately about that. And, and as, I, as I travel to different chapters, you know, it's, it's that physical interaction that I, I think is uh, um, is so valuable for members and so valuable for the society as a whole. So, so this next question is somewhat related to to that previous question, um, because trying to provide relevant content requires some kind of common base of interest to to this group. Yet, there's really a variety of job titles and specializations that people have within a chapter, but also within the STC. You have editors, you have illustrators, you have regular technical writers, you have content management people, you have XML uh, people. You know, you've got a wide variety of people. How is it that, you know, it, with this big umbrella that the STC tries to throw over all these professions, yeah. uh, how can you keep things relevant to them all? How can, from magazines to conferences to webinars, you know, if you choose a topic, for example, translation, you're right. going to alienate all the people who don't do translation. And if you don't do uh, content management, you're going to alienate all those people who do do it. So what's your solution there? Right. And I I, I believe strongly in, in serendipity and, um, you know, learning the unexpected. Um, I, I think it's, in, it's invaluable if, if you're not into content management, uh, or if you're not into web design, go go to um, go to a meeting about web design. Learn about the issues that web designers face. Um, I'm finding some. I, I try to go to other events. I try to go to user experience events and and some design events. And the things I learn from those events are just fascinating. Um, one thing I'm seeing in um, in events outside of TechCom is that these other uh, related disciplines are are finding that, uh, that they are valuing content more than ever before. They're talking about the importance of content. Um, there's a movement in the web design field, um, I, I think fueled by the content strategy folks as well, that um, um, prototyping designs with uh, lorem ipsum used as boilerplate text is just not appropriate. You need to prototype your your web designs, your web architectures with real live content. And so so they're saying, you know, we, we the dummy the the content is as important as the design. Um, and I'm I'm hearing that uh, I'm I'm just I'm hearing that maybe more outside uh, the STC than inside, and that's that's certainly one of the things I I want to turn around. Um, 
people outside the profession may be talking outside of technical communication, may be talking about content more than uh, those inside. There are also opportunities um, when you learn about related disciplines. Um, th this is, uh, you know, sort of a tangential story. I attended a user experience event and um, I sat through a, a presentation by Karen McGrain. She may be the smartest woman I've ever known in, in our space, and uh, she will be speaking at the STC Summit on content strategy. Um, and in the Q&A after her presentation, uh, you know, this was a single track conference, so was, all the sessions were in the same audi auditorium. Somebody stood up and said, Karen, why doesn't the Society for Technical Communication own content strategy? And, you know, this is a at a design conference. Who would have thought? And um, the person actually knew I was in the audience, and they were, I think they were torquing me, but in, in front of 400 people. So, um, and, and I, I had some really nice follow-up conversations with, uh, with this person and with Karen after that. Um, you know, my answer is that we're working on it. Uh, you know, we've had a really strong content strategy presen uh, presence at the summit, uh, both last year and this year. Uh, we have some, uh, some of the most well-known people in that field are, are uh, from the uh, from the STC or have STC connections, so um, I I feel like I'm answering your question with a really really, really big arc. I, I think bottom line I don't I'm not concerned about um, you know the differing needs. Uh, that's certainly something we accommodate in the summit, um, and uh, you know I've seen that personally as conference manager for the past two years and uh, program manager before that. You know the summit program is very broad. It's also deep enough that you know, we we have um, we've gotten good evals with about the number of advanced sessions versus the number of basic sessions. People are finding what they want in in that breadth. Um, so so I think I think variety is wonderful, and you know I would I would strongly encourage people to you know, go to a presentation. Um, about something that you're not into, and you 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 will broaden yourself, broaden your knowledge. Um, you know, broaden your your appeal, broaden your you know potentially broaden your marketability and your employability. Yeah, I, I totally agree that uh, you know among disciplines, technical communication really has a wears a lot of hats. Like technical communicators uh, do so many different things. You could do a screencast one day and an illustration. You may be editing something and you may be participating in an enterprise content strategy and writing web articles and. So yeah, I, I agree with you that that you know this when when people have uh, different types of events to go to that may not be in their core strength, they shouldn't look on it look at it as irrelevant, but rather as part of a possible skill that they may need. Okay, last question, Alan. <clears throat> okay. Uh, this is something that's kind of bugged me, and and I wish there were a better solution for it. But I, I feel like there's just this rift between academics and practitioners that uh, is just senseless. Um, <laughs> and by writ, let me explain what I mean. I I feel like the 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 act the academics write uh, for other academics, and the practitioners scoff at the the credibility of academics because they're not actually in the professional field right now doing doing the work and there's this kind of rift I don't feel like they communicate one with the, with another the, the techcom journal I, I don't think many people really look at it and I mean I'm guilty of the same unless I'm searching out a specific topic and I don't feel like academics particularly are trying to reach 
practitioners either, uh, especially with with a very um, uh, I don't know the, just the writing style, but even the, the where where it's published and who can access it. So, is there anything that you you have any thoughts on how to resolve the rift between academics and practitioners? Okay, uh, and Tom, I I suspect you and I could talk about this for an hour, <laughs> so we we may want to reschedule something in about six weeks. <laughs> so th- this it's also a big issue for me as well. Um, I I uh, came out of Carnegie Carnegie Mellon University. I have a master's degree from there in professional writing and studied under some some of the really the top names in the field, uh, like like Karen Shriver. I think is probably the you know the biggest name and. Um, Karen's wonderful. I, you know, I st- I'm still in touch with her, um, and but certainly there are issues about, like like you said, the you know the relationship between academia and practitioners, um, and I worry about that. I, I'll I'll throw out some of the things um, that I worry about. Um, Karen's book, Dynamics in Document Design. You know, wonderful work. You know, uh, you know, part of the TechCom canon. Um, it was written in 1997. You take any arbitrary issue of Intercom or the TechCom Journal, you, chances are that one of the articles references that book is pretty high, um, and and that's that was written in 1997. What's the canonical research? What's the canonical work? That happened in the last decade. What and and what what book are we going to be referencing uh, in the next decade? So what you know what what's going to come out of um, the 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 academic uh, the applied and the the uh, pure uh, uh, academic researchers? Uh, Ginny Reddish's book may be the book of the last decade, uh, letting go of the words. Um, but uh, you know it's it's uh, you know I'm still not I'm not seeing the 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 volume of knowledge carrying forward from academia to uh, the practice. Um, I'll I'll also support the issue of communication. I I think communication between the groups is is key. Um, Two anecdotes I'll share. Uh, I I acquired a a stack of uh, technical communication quarterly uh, journals. This is from the Association of Teachers of Technical Writing. And I opened these journals and I was looking forward to learning something from them. The, the layout and the typography is horrible. Just the, uh, the there's very little chunking, line, long lines, you know, um, uh, uh, justified text, um, very, uh, you know, very small uh, line spacing. So, and, and the other example, um, I'm a huge Kindle fan. I uh, love my, my Amazon Kindle. Um, and, but layout on the Kindle, the Kindle reflows your text. So, um, the, the layout that you get, it, it's sort of like McDonald's for typography. Um, you know, if you like hamburgers, McDonald's won't give you the best, but it'll give you pretty good burgers. Um, so I, I've, I've come across two books that where the typography is is better on my Kindle than in the printed form. And one of those two is uh, this um, this technical communication journal uh, collection of essays that I was really, really looking forward to because it was done by one of my Carnegie Mellon instructors. And there are there are giants of the field in this book. Joanne Hackus wrote, wrote the introduction. Saul Carliner's in here. But the once again, the, the layout, the typography is just... Um, it makes it very difficult to read. I, 
I know there's wisdom here, but I can't get to it. <laughs> and and I think that's that that's sort of um, that could be my slogan, or the, yeah, that 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 I think summarizes my feelings. There, there's wisdom there, but but we as practitioners just can't get to it. Um, so I I think I I hope that uh, the practitioners can communicate with um, the researchers. Um, I'm really encouraged that Hillary Hart is, has uh, ascended to the presidency because she's uh, from the academic background. Um, I'll share one thing that I was personally involved with in the summit in, let's see, I believe it was Dallas. Uh, it, might, it may have been Atlanta the year before, but um, we, um, you know, the, the short story is we removed the academic track. There used to be a special academic track at the SDC summit, and what we the, the the vision or the the idea was to mainstream academic topics and um, have there, we thought that there should be research based um, presentations in every track. Uh, research based presentations were were. Um, sought after, were appropriate, were valued in, in every single track. So we did not want to segregate um, the academic proposals uh, and the act academic presentations. So that was, a, you know, certainly you don't want to just communicate to the world, we're killing the academic track. Um, so we were very careful in rolling this out, rolling this idea out to uh, people like Hillary and other uh, ST leaders, STC leaders in the academic community, and we got a lot of support, and it worked really well. Um, so, so we, you know, we don't no longer have this academic ghetto in uh, in the summit. Um, there are things that the society. Uh, and this and the summit especially need to do to be more attractive to academics um and you know part of that is is publishing opportunities um i think cost uh, the academic community tends to be a little bit more cost sensitive than the uh um you know the, the rest of the summit attendees so you know there's still work to be done there's still communication to be done but but i i'm with you i it, as a practitioner you know our anecdotes um did I mention your your blog post where you talk about uh, was it going to Staples and uh, how an academic would describe that experience? Um, mm, I I I don't know. I've written some yeah. stuff about academics before, so I'm I'm trying to remember. But okay, you 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 yeah, you described uh, um, you know how how uh, how how a, a simple task would be uh, presented by somebody with a research background in which. In which everything needs to be meticulously documented, because that's that's important for research. Uh, um, you want your research to be defensible and reproducible, and so we see things in in what comes out of academia that we don't understand. I'm sure I. I'm positive that they see things in 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 the corporate world, uh, in the in the institutional world that um, that they don't understand. And I I, I trust I hope uh, that that we can come together and and uh, expand opportunities for academics within the society, uh, expand the uh, or strengthen the the relationships we have already. Um, academic uh, the academic community is a is a wonderful. Um, Recruiting ground for new members. Um, I, I'd like to strengthen the student chapters. We we need more student chap 
chapters. We need stronger to student chapters. And in answering your first question, you know, what's what's most important to a student? Well, you know, a student really needs that first job, and a student chapter can help a student get the professional connections and and learn what's important uh, in the in the industry. So let's see. That, I think that was a really circuitous question, I, or I, I'm <laughs> no, sorry, you, circuitous answer. Uh, I hope I didn't offend anybody or uh, or annoy anybody with the. Uh, no, I think the, it, the was, length of my it was great. It was great, and and you know I, I'm kind of excited that that Hillary Hart is is an academic because I don't think I remember. Uh, I, I haven't been in the society for too long, so I I don't remember having an academic as president, and and I'll be interested to see if. If uh, I don't know what it, what directions maybe she takes, that's a little different from from the past. Who knows? But uh, it's cool to see the the integration there. We have practitioners and academics working alongside each other, and I certainly want to benefit from all their research and and incorporate it, and hopefully uh, vice versa. Well, Alan, thanks for taking the time to answer these questions, and I wish you best of luck in the STC election. If people want to vote, I assume they can just go to stc.org, and there'll be a button there, right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, Tom, the the uh, voting opens March 9th and uh, closes, I believe, the last day of the month, March 31st. Any uh, member in good standing as of February 28th of this year um, – will receive a ballot either by physical mail or uh, by email, if, uh, depending on the selection you made when you filled in your STC member profile. But the society is required to give you a ballot. There's no opt-out. Uh, even if you've opted out of email, you, know, you will get a ballot from the society in, in, some, in one form or another. Yep. So, uh, yes, um, I, I'm just thrilled to be running. And, uh, Tom, thank you so much for uh, taking your time and uh, uh, sharing your expertise with, with Vicki and I. So this has been a wonderful conversation, and I hope we can have more down the road. All right. Well, thanks, Alan. Hey, thank you.